0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah Wa salatu was-salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. We ask Allah to bless every one of us, to grant us goodness. To grant ease to all those who are struggling and suffering in whatever way they may be struggling and suffering across the globe may the almighty alleviate their suffering and the suffering of every one of us in whatever way we may be struggling may allah bless us and grant us ease Amin. ultimately may we be gathered in jannatul firdaus and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us eternal bliss ameen my brothers My sisters, yesterday I spoke about closed doors. And I actually recorded it with my own little phone from about somewhere here. I brought a stand with me. The stand is there somewhere. And today, mashallah, the brothers are recording it for me. Subhanallah. So there's going to be a higher quality of video by the will of Allah. I thank Allah. You see the closed door opened a bigger one, right? MashaAllah. But this evening, I'd like to speak about something very, very important. Many of us get trapped. Many of us get trapped by the devil without knowing. And sometimes we feel very, very caged and we don't realize. That it's a matter of faith, a matter of understanding, a matter of belief, a matter of cleansing the heart, a matter of discipline that would actually release us from the cage, subhanallah. So, how does shaitan, satan or the devil trap us? Number one, before we even talk about that, we have to go back to the beginning. The root cause of shaitan's hatred was jealousy. He became jealous and as a result of the jealousy, he began to hate. And because of that hate, he started doing things. So right at the beginning, the Almighty created Adam And the Almighty said, Look, I've raised him above you. It was me, my choice. I'm the creator, the nourisher, the cherisher, the sustainer, the provider, the protector, the curer. It was my choice. I have raised him above you and above a lot of creation. Subhanallah. In whatever way I felt I wanted, and I want you to acknowledge that he has been given a status higher than yours. Pause for a moment. Let me fast forward to my life and yours. The Almighty created you and I. Some of us, He's given things better than others. And sometimes we don't realize that we've all been favored in some ways above others. But not necessarily the same way. One might have wealth, the other one might have health. Someone might have both wealth and health, but they don't have as good looks And good looks is relative, subhanallah. Everyone is good looking, to be honest with you. But it's relative. Relative means what people are used to within their own communities and societies becomes a norm. You know, there is nothing like this person is fat or this person is thin or this person is too this and too that. It's all relative. Relative means it depends what you've gotten yourself used to. May Allah grant us all good health. I mean, I know some people who weigh 120 kilos and they are so healthy, healthier than some who only weigh 55. Subhanallah. Some of the sisters must be saying, what 55 so much? May Allah forgive us. So my brothers, my sisters, it's something relative Allah has bestowed upon you favor that he has not bestowed upon others in a specific way. Some may have wealth, they may have health, they may have good looks, but they don't have intelligence. They don't have wisdom sometimes, right? Some may not be able to achieve certain things. May Allah grant us all an understanding that He has definitely favoured us. To recognise the favour of the Almighty is a great act of worship, my brothers and my sisters. This is why to think about it, to think about how the Almighty has favoured you is also an act of worship. And to ponder over the gifts of the Almighty upon you is something that is a great act of worship. Anyway, now we go back to the devil. He did something that many people today do. They don't acknowledge the status given by the Almighty to another. And as a result, they are jealous. Jealous. Allah gave that person wealth and didn't give you the wealth. Well, to be honest with you, if that is the case, you need to say, I thank the Almighty for giving you. And I ask him to give me as well. But we don't say, I wish it goes from you. And I wish this person doesn't have. I want it. Man does that, unfortunately. I remember saying this to some to a brother. You know, when I say brother, you must know that person's from London, okay? So, I remember saying this to a brother. <laughs> it comes with a V right in the middle, okay? I tell you what, he said, no, I disagree. I said, why? He said, because the woman I wanted to marry is already married. I can't say, oh, Allah, give him and give me, because she can't have two husbands, And I said, gosh, you can't win with these Londoners, right? May Allah grant us goodness. I taught him that say, oh Allah, you have not given me what I wanted. Alhamdulillah, I appreciate the fact that you've given someone else what I wanted. But I ask you to give me something better for me, tailor-made for my own situation. My brothers and sisters, did you hear what I just said? sometimes you won't have what you want to have don't become jealous as a result of someone else having that no be happy for them to be happy at the happiness of another is the sign of a true believer it brings about contentment thank the almighty for what you have sometimes he doesn't give you something you desperately want simply because he knows it's bad for you in the long term he knows that this is not really good for you in the long term. You want a certain job. You're desperate for it. I addressed this matter yesterday. But today I'm talking of the aspect of when someone else gets what you wanted, when a door is open for another, who, when that door was closed for you, don't become jealous. Because jealousy was the quality that resulted in hatred and resulted in a war that's going to be lasting right up to the end between man and shaitan may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection say ameen so my brothers and sisters he refused to acknowledge the status of adam how was the acknowledgement at the time today the acknowledgement is by saying alhamdulillah mashallah tabarakallah i thank allah and be happy for them and don't hurt them and don't harm them and so on That's the acknowledgement today. But at that time, the acknowledgement was through a prostration known by Allah, instructed by Allah. It was not a prostration of worship, but it was a prostration of acknowledgement of status. You know, in some cultures, they'll do this to you to acknowledge the father. In some cultures, they might, you know, perhaps bend their knees a little bit. I've seen that happening in Africa, for example. They'll bend their knees a little bit to acknowledge. At that time, the acknowledgement was through a sujud, a prostration, not of worship, but a prostration of acknowledgement. Right now, what Muhammad sallallahu has brought to us, he has prohibited the prostration for anyone besides Allah, even if it is just for acknowledgement. It's no longer permissible. But at that time, Allah wanted it and it happened according to what he wanted but shaitan refused everyone acknowledged in that way besides shaitan that was the jealousy so what did he say he says oh Allah you made me from the fire you made him from the dust the soil the sand and so on i am above him i don't care what you say i'm above him so allah says hey i know if you don't prostrate you're going to be cursed he says i don't mind just give me time and i will prove to you who is better it sounds to me a little bit like sibling rivalry when there are two kids and one wants to prove to the parent that they are the better one so they start saying you just wait wait and see this child of yours is going to let you down big time and then they work hard to get the child down sibling rivalry is something that exists from the very beginning from the children of adam alayhi salam but the winners are those who can extinguish that rivalry it's not needed we are brothers we are sisters we will help each other we will help each other in a way that we empower each other and by empowering another the almighty empowers you by reaching out to the to another the almighty will reach out to you by helping another the almighty will help you the almighty tells us through the blessed lips of muhammad peace be upon him that he will continue to help a slave for as long as that slave is busy helping another. If you want help in your problem, help others with a similar problem and see what will happen. Subhanallah. So now Shaitan says, I'm going to show him. I'm going to come. I'm going to lead him astray. I will show you what I can do. And Allah says, okay, for his own divine plan and wisdom dictated that he would allow Shaitan respite. He would give him a little bit of time. And so what happened? Shaitan started, and this is what I want to draw to your attention, and I want to bring it straight to our lives, okay? You know, you heard brother there say, uh, a short nasiha. Did you hear him say that? I'm sorry, brother. It's going to be a little bit long. It's okay. These brothers and sisters have come from so far and wide, subhanallah. Some are here from Oxford, I think, right? Some are here from elsewhere, subhanallah. I think some are here from other countries. Am I right? Thank you. Thank you. SubhanAllah. I know people flying from Europe for this function. SubhanAllah. So how can I? We just have a short nasiha. Okay. Can I go on? Okay. Thank you, guys. Democracy, right? MashaAllah. So, my brothers and sisters, what happens? Shaitan comes to us and diverts us from the Almighty. That's his main plan. I'm going to sit for them on the straight path and waylay them, distract them, change their course. That's what I'm going to try to do. So he comes and tries with us to. Turn us away from Allah. So you see people who don't recognize their maker. They're not bothered about Allah. They're not bothered about who made them. They don't ever think about where they came from. They never ever think about where they're going to go after they die. They just live their life and enjoy and enjoy and enjoy. Yet they know that no matter how much they have on earth, they will never ever have whatever they want because that's impossible on earth. There is not a single soul from the beginning to the end who has had whatever he wanted or she wanted, subhanallah. It's Allah who chooses what he wants to give the people. Even myself, yourselves. None of us have have had exactly what we wanted, the way we wanted all the time in our lives. So... Shaitan diverts us. We don't ever think of that. When you ponder over that deeply, you start recognizing I surely came from somewhere. I was sitting with a group of youth in Nigeria recently and I said, you know what? How old are you? So the young man says 15. I said, where were you 16 years ago? Right? If I ask you today, how old are you? How old are you? 15 exactly. Where were you 16 years ago? Where were you 16 years ago? With Allah that's the right answer correct i was with allah and if you die how long would you like to live let's give you about 100 for example right meaning it's not in my hands at all but i wouldn't like to say a smaller figure okay out of honor mashallah you know say we give you 100 say allah gave you 100 for example right where would you be 102 years from now or 102 years of your age 102 2 years after that date where would you be back with allah do you know that? Back with Allah, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi is a prayer that we all say when we hear the bad news of the death of someone. What does it mean? We belong to Allah, and ultimately, we're all going—not just this person who passed away now, but all of us are going back to where we came from. Subhanallah. Minha wa fiha wa minha Beautiful verse with all the khaz in it, right? It says, from that dust we created you. you You're going to go back into the dust and we're going to resurrect you thereafter from there once again. Allah says, we're only at a certain stage at the moment. We're going to go back to Allah. But shaitan distracts us from even thinking about it. So the majority on earth perhaps would not really be so concerned about where they came from, where they're going. But those who know, they know. They think about it. Those who've understood the plan of shaitan, they ponder, where did I come from? What's this all about? What's life all about? Is it all about partying and just doing whatever I like and that's it? Wallahi, that will bring about a lot of discontentment. Why? Because by disciplining yourself, you achieve contentment. Contentment comes by discipline. Any sport. If the sportsman wants to succeed, they need to have a regime exercise disciplined diet proper sleep everything needs to happen clockwork that's when they will perform maximum Allah tells us from the beginning I'll do that for you so that you can be the best human being you get up at a certain time you only eat certain things you only drink certain things you will sleep at a certain time you will behave in a certain way you will be focused perhaps you will be focused obviously certain things you will not do and certain things you will do that's islam islam is discipline you want to achieve in any field you need to be disciplined so allah says well we want you to achieve in every field so we want you to be the most disciplined that's where the rules and regulations come from subhanallah may allah grant us goodness Shaitan primarily wants to distract you from Allah. But if you are strong and may Allah grant us the strength and you come towards Allah, he has to now change a strategy because he knows he's failed with you with the first step. So you are thinking of Allah. You have, for example, said that, yes, I worship my maker alone, etc., etc. And now what happens? Shaitan says, hang on, this guy here or this person here, I don't want him or her to worship Allah the way Allah wants. So now, what they do to, to what he does is he distracts you from the obligations. What are the obligations? Salah, right, is an obligation, right? What else? Zakah is an obligation. What else is an obligation? Fasting is an obligation. Let's take Salah as an example, because the nasiha is supposed to be short. We'll only take one example, right? So let's say, take Salah as an example. So. You know you gotta do it, you want to do it, you really feel that you're gonna do it, but you know what, you're on holiday, man. My friend from Australia, brother Steve, he sent me a video today showing me a very interesting video where he showed me how he wanted to, or they thought of encouraging people to fulfill their salah even during holidays. So that little short video depicts a person who's gone on holiday and the prayer time comes and the clock actually, his watch reminds him with a short reminder of the adhan to say it's prayer time. He looks at it and says, but I'm on holiday. And then he starts swimming and suddenly there's lightning and so on and he's about to drown and he's saying, oh Allah, save me. Oh Allah, if you save me, I'll never forget this. I worship you. And ultimately, he is saved. And guess what happens at the end? He lays his sajada and he says, Allahu Akbar, and he prays. Subhanallah. I thought it was a brilliant way of encouraging people to do things. You know, we need to devise ways of tapping people to remind them, hey, the devil is coming, but here, don't be distracted. Allah never goes on holiday. Allah didn't ever say, okay, I'm going to stop your heartbeat for a little while, okay? Never. You're not going to be able to breathe just for... These three days, that's fine. I mean, come on, you got to pray. Allah gave you every day, every day. In fact, the days of happiness in Islam, if you notice carefully, you've got an extra act of worship on those days. Salatul Eid, isn't that an extra prayer? Subhanallah, it's the day of Eid. Eid meaning the day of rejoicing. The two days of rejoicing during the lunar calendar that we follow. Subhanallah. So shaitan doesn't want you to pray, but you, you, you ultimately. Some people fall. They, they probably don't pray. May Allah make us all steadfast. I mean, my brothers and sisters, if you don't pray, you've got to do something about it. Because ultimately, you're going to return to the one who made you. Take something with you. Take, give him an excuse to forgive you. Allah's looking for an excuse to forgive us. So, don't fall in the trap of the devil. So, when we start praying, guess what happens? We feel very good. I want to ask you guys a question, but I want an answer from you. Will you answer the the question loudly How many of us when we get up early and we have fulfilled our salatul fajr or even tahajjud we start we feel so good How many put up your hands Don't worry I'm not like Joanal I can actually see mashallah Alhamdulillah mashallah I see at the back not many hands right I can see mashallah Okay barakallah habibi yes we do we feel so good mashallah sorry that was just a joke okay but we feel so good subhanallah we feel so good it's a sign allah gives us an immediate gift you know when you're fasting allah tells you you have farhatani you're gonna have a moment of joy and happiness the moment you open your fast at the end of the day and you are going to get another joy and happiness on the day of judgment when you see the reward of the fast right so one wonders how Allah's plan works that even the, f- the same savouries. I'm saying savouries, but let me say the pies, the samosas, whatever else is there. That you are having in Ramadan taste so blessed than the same ones eaten outside Ramadan. You, do you agree? Thank you, mashallah. Thank you. I can be eating something like in Sha'ban, you know. And uh, once the moon is sighted and the next day at Iftar, this thing tastes so good. The smell is, it's aromatic, mashallah. It's beautiful, subhanallah. But it was there yesterday and I didn't even want to look at it. And after Eid, tell me, you're going to look at those pies again? May Allah grant us, I will, trust me, I will. But inshallah khair. (laughs) May Allah grant us goodness. My brothers and sisters, shaitan, when he cannot make you desert your prayer do you know what he does he actually then makes you doubt your prayer and there are stages I can quickly mention them he first tries to make you not pray if you get up and you push yourself you knocked him out a little bit he comes back, he gets up. It's like a boxing match. He gets up back in that ring there and he starts punching you again by telling you, you know what, ah, it's okay. That wudu, you know, the tap, it's going to be too cold and the water, any excuse. And then yeah, you either go back and he punched you, knockout, or you punch him back, say, hey, not me, man. And then he gets up and says, okay, but it's nearly time. I will pray. Many of us say, oh, it's still not yet uh, Isha, so I'm going to make my Maghrib just now. Hey! As soon as the time enters, fulfill it because you know what? One of the devil's plans to make you delay what you're supposed to do so that you rush it. Or you end up not doing it as a result of the delay yet you intended to do it. And I have had people tell me, but didn't you say, innamal الْأَعْمَالُ you know how they use the hadith in their favor. That hadith means all actions will, judged by their, will be judged by their intentions. So the guy says, well, I intended to fulfill my maghrib. you know, And I was telling myself I'm going to fulfill it. But just now. No, my brother, you missed it. That's what it is. With the time entered, you can't say, a'malu bin niyat. You can never use that narration to justify the fact that you did not pray and you were just delaying. De- procrastination, we call it. That's part of the devil's plan. He makes you delay so that you miss. And then, if you did get it in the nick of time, or if you did do it within time and you ultimately got to the sajada, he starts making you doubt. Some people, do I have wudu? Do I not have wudu? Trust me the last thing on your mind is valid. Allah doesn't need the fact that you are making wudu, but you need it to fulfill the prayer. For Allah, Allah says if you cannot make that wudu, you can do tayammum. It becomes it becomes an act of worship that will arrive that will make you arrive at a similar level of purification than the water. And that's why when a person passes wind, they never ever wash their backsides sorry to say that but it's facts have you thought of that you pass wind your wudu is broken what happens thereafter you washed everywhere but that place okay it shows you that it's just for Allah that you're doing it and Allah knows what he wants from this and Allah knows perhaps definitely it will protect you from shaitan wudu protects you from the devil definitely how in many many ways that's why you're supposed to try to make wudu last thing before you go to bed that's just a voluntary thing but it helps you powerfully people say i have very bad dreams i say well you know you should try and uh, do wudu before you sleep they say but sleep breaks your wudu at that level and what if i pass wind as i'm going to sleep (laughs) am i going to be getting up going to make wudu come back No, the idea is as you want to recline, you make your wudu and then don't worry what happens thereafter. But you did. You follow what I'm saying? It's not for salah. And by the way, what I've told you is not necessary. It's something voluntary, totally voluntary. You may do it. But if you have a problem and you're really having nightmares every day, try it. It will help you. Subhanallah. It Protects you from so many things. When Allah tells you things, definitely there is a reason. There is a reason. You may not know the reason. Science may not be able to explain the reason but there is something about it you will feel it contentment subhanallah protection from the devil science doesn't even acknowledge that the devil exists subhanallah right but my brothers and sisters you don't start doubting don't worry the fact that you've tried to fulfill your prayer in the best possible way you could have it's accepted Allah will not hold against you for example if a person comes up and says, do I have wudu or don't I have wudu? The hadith says, well, the last thing you can remember doing is valid. So, the last thing I remember doing was making wudu, okay? Wudu meaning washing myself before prayer. Uh, The last thing I remember doing was making wudu, okay? And then I started praying and I finished praying, but in the knowledge of Allah, Allah knew that I didn't have wudu. Guess what? The salah is absolutely and totally valid. Did you hear that? Did you hear what I just said? How? Because Allah doesn't hold against you what you can't remember. Not at all. You couldn't, you couldn't remember it at all. So, let me repeat that because it's very interesting. I see everyone's just looking, right? I told you I can see. I don't know why brother, the brother Joinul couldn't see. Okay. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, that's good. I better say alhamdulillah, mashallah, tabarakallah. Okay. If you are fulfilling salah and as you're standing, you don't remember what... Your condition is in terms of ablution or wudu, whether you have wudu or not. And the last thing you remember, the rule says the last thing you remember doing is what is. Counted. So the last thing I remember clearly doing is wudu. I don't remember breaking it thereafter. Don't waste your time thinking and becoming depressed and sick and sad. Allah doesn't need all of that. Allah just told you how to solve the problem. Think of what your own mind can remember doing last. And after that, you start your prayer. And you finish your prayer and you must be satisfied and you must walk away. And guess what? If in the knowledge of Allah, which you don't know and may never know, if if Allah knows that you didn't really have wudu, He doesn't mind at that juncture. And He will still never hold it against you because you followed the other rule the rule was whatever you remember last La ilaha illallah. look at the most merciful the most forgiving the most compassionate the most kind the most loving oh subhanallah alhamdulillah i can't wait to meet him mashallah we hear so many beautiful things and i know all the struggles and the suffering happening in our lives that's why we're on earth this earth is in order for us to be able to appreciate paradise did you know that If everything was beautiful on earth, nobody would want to even leave. But people say, I want to go back to Allah. Do you know why? Because you're struggling, man. And this life is full of struggles. We all struggle. You know, sometimes we see people struggling in a very, very minute way. And they think, I wish my life came to an end. And you're like, hey, gosh, man. I'm going through a million times more than you. And I'm still okay. It's all relative. It's what you're used to. There are people, I was thinking today, if the internet turns off completely, it's very possible. How will we get to know that there is a light upon light? How will we get to know that there is a motivational evening? We'll have to be reading the newspapers once again. Very possible. It's not impossible. It can happen within a few weeks. I promise you. If the internet suddenly, boom, the whole world's internet is gone, history. And they just can't get it up again. For some reason, it can happen. People will be so depressed. Why? No more Snapchat. No more Instagram. No more WhatsApp. No more anything. But you know what? We will be more focused and dedicated. You tell your wife once again, I love you, man. Because you know what? My WhatsApp's not working. My Snapchat's not working. My Instagram's not working. All those fake dolls that I had, that side there are gone. I got to look at the real doll and tell her, oh, wow, man. May Allah grant us ease. So isn't it a blessing? I'm, I'm actually blushing right now. I don't know why. <laughs> But isn't it a blessing? Subhanallah. It's a blessing, my brothers and sisters, it is. Shaytan makes us think you won't manage. You can manage, you will manage. Allah will carry you through. Allah does never ever burden a person with more than that person can shoulder, never. Yesterday I said something very interesting. One of the brothers told me that was a powerful point. I want to say it quickly. You know, out of the love of Allah, Allah causes death at a certain point of pain. What does that mean? Allah doesn't allow you and I to taste beyond a certain point of pain. He'll just take you away to say, no, no, that's enough. I don't need that. Uh, you, don't, you cannot let this person taste more than this amount of pain. You, you, you go unconscious. And when you're unconscious, you can't feel anymore. Things go numb, for example. And after that, you you will die if things happen. It's part of the mercy of Allah at that juncture. Because you know that had a person been given the power to inflict pain upon another beyond a point. It would have been so unbearable. Allah says, I'll allow it to go to a point beyond which I'm going to just take you away. You can come back to me. That's it. May Allah grant us understanding. I hope you figure out. I hope you understand what I just said. The mercy of Allah. My brothers and sisters... Now shaitan makes you doubt. I told you how to clear your doubts. Allah doesn't need that act of worship. You need to try. T-R-Y. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows none of us has a perfect salah. Not a single one of us has an absolutely perfect salah. But he also knows that we will all try our best. He will accept it from us just by the trial. So keep trying. The same happens with all of us. We come from different countries. We come from different families we come from different situations each one of us is very very unique what might apply to me may not apply to you in terms of how close you get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a specific way but you may be closer to him in another way perhaps one thing is difficult for you and another is easy for you and it will be the opposite for someone else in living in a different environment some might be struggling because their situation is so difficult. And this is why sometimes when living in the Western countries, you sit and ask a scholar who's never been to the West about certain things. They may not give you a practical response at all. Not at all. They'll give you such a response that you, you find it so difficult to fulfill. It's so impractical. And you know it's impractical because you know what? They don't know what we're going through. They don't know the circumstances at all. Just tell us, look true. Try your best given the circumstances you're in to do what you have to subhanallah amazing amazing it's the mercy of Allah I'm not saying make haram halal and hara- halal haram no but I am saying within what Allah instructed you do your best the Quran says develop your relationship with Allah in the best way that you can be conscious of Allah in the best way that you can according to your ability each one uniquely designed So what does shaitan do now? So shaitan, when you're you're done with your salah, he starts making you doubt. Will Allah accept this prayer of mine? Leave it to Allah. Try your best. Be a good person. Allah will accept it. Don't allow shaitan to make you doubt your good deed after you did it. But don't allow him to make you destroy it by harming others. Don't harm other people. That is very important. Many of us think that Islam is all about or closeness to Allah is all about praying and all about charity. They'll give a ton of charity, but they'll be harming those around them. They don't know how to speak to them. They don't speak with respect. So you prayed, but the reward of that prayer is going to go to someone else simply because you harmed them. And people say, I don't harm, but sometimes you definitely do harm some of the people who live with you. You harm them. You abuse them. You speak bad to them. You're vulgar. You hurt their feelings. They cry behind closed doors because of something you said or did. Stop it. Stop it. You want paradise? You want the mercy of Allah? Stop it. Because the devil's plan is to make you lose the value and reward of your good deeds by hurting others in a way that you don't even realize you're hurting them. I want every one of us, myself included, to ask ourselves on a daily basis, have I abused someone? Have I hurt their feelings? Has someone cried because of me? Has someone been hurt because of me? Has someone struggled because of something I did or I said? And when you find such a person, make amends. Seek forgiveness. Stop that torture. We want to solve the problems of the globe, and rightly so. We're all fed up of the killing that's happening everywhere around us. We're fed up of it. We don't want it. We want to see a stop to it. We're brothers. We're sisters. We're made by the same maker. But guess what? While we're busy wanting to see the wars stop over the oceans, we have a little war within our own system that we're not even prepared to stop. In our own homes with our spouses our children our parents our in-laws our brothers our sisters our uncles our aunts our community etc etc stop that war. <laughs> the almighty will not change the plight or condition of a nation until every person within changes his or her own condition you must change your own condition I need to work on myself to be a good person I don't want to make belittle people no matter who they are they are going through their own struggles don't judge but don't use the term don't judge to kick out advice If someone tells you, my brother, you know, alhamdulillah, there are five prayers a day. I hope that, you know, we can all pray, don't judge me. Don't judge me. (laughs) I'm not judging, I'm only (laughs) advising. Come on. I love you, man. Relax. Subhanallah, don't judge me. I mean, there's a big difference. I've come across some people who immediately say, don't judge. But it's not a judgment. It's just an encouragement. That's all it is. Beautiful encouragement. You know, when I talk, I try to word it in a way that I include myself in it. Because we're all in it together. We all need help. So my brothers and sisters, do you know what shaitan does after that? He then makes you commit sin. Like I said, you've done your good. Ultimately, you knocked him out. He makes you sin. What types of sin does he make you commit? There are two types, minor and major. The minor sins, Allah says if you were to follow through with a good deed thereafter it will wipe out that minor sin without even you having specifically asked for forgiveness from that al jumu'ah ila al jumu'ah kafaratul or al ila al kafaratul between the two fridays whatever minor sins you committed the fact that you fulfilled that friday prayer allah says we will just wipe out the minor sins don't worry Allah says, when you do good deeds, we will automatically wipe out the minor sins that you've committed. Minor sins. A man comes to the Prophet ﷺ and speaks about a kiss. He kissed someone he wasn't supposed to kiss. And he wanted to be cleansed. So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ says, Do good deeds, they will wipe out your bad deed. Subhanallah. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. But shaitan makes you start thinking things. I'm doing good deeds. I even sought the forgiveness of Allah. But I don't think Allah's going to forgive me. He doesn't love me. You know why? I'm going through problems. Well... Allah loved Muhammad, peace be upon him. Jesus, may peace be upon him. Moses, may peace be upon him. Allah loved them much more than you and I. And they went through so much more difficulty than any one of us. Subhanallah. Jesus, may peace be upon him, was tortured. Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what didn't they do? They tried everything. They called him names. Do they call you and I names? That's a gift of Allah. What did they call you? The worse the name, the more Allah loves you. But we look at it the other way around. You know why? We're trapped by the devil. That's why. Someone calls you a dog. Guess what? They look just like you. Right? Subhanallah. They don't realize. But you get angry. Why did they call me that? Subhanallah. So shaitan makes us sin and sometimes major sin. And then he traps you further when you want to turn back to Allah and you're seeking the forgiveness of Allah by making you think that you're not forgiven. That is one of the biggest traps of shaitan. And that's the highlight of tonight. It is a a greater sin than adultery to lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Did you hear what I just said? To commit a sin is bad, it's unacceptable, but you're a human, your human nature made you sin, not your defiance against Allah, it was human nature. Shaitan causes depression and he causes that, you know mental condition just because you think oh gosh what did i do i need now this will happen that will happen yes you regret i agree but you don't become depressed because you have a lord who is most forgiving most merciful and that's why the verse of mercy that we have allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about immorality which includes adultery it includes that which is immoral pornography whatever else it may be allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Paradise, for those who have turned back to Allah after committing all these sins. Those who have wronged themselves, committed immorality, etc. If they were to remember Allah and seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after their sins, and they were to do good deeds, at the end of those verses Allah says, Those are the people whom we will forgive and grant paradise to. Wow. What did Allah say? Read the verses. Allah says clearly those who did bad, they committed sins, they did major sins they turned to us when they turned to us we forgave them and when they started doing good deeds and they stayed away if they fell again they came back again if they fell again they came back again nobody from amongst us sins out of defiance of allah but we sin out of the weakness of humankind adam alayhi salam committed the only sin that there was to commit and he still committed it agree Why did Allah love him so much? Because he says, oh Allah, forgive me. Oh, our Rabb, forgive us. We have wronged ourselves. If you don't forgive us and have mercy on us, we're going to be the losers. Allah says, we love you so much. We know you sinned because you were deceived by the devil. Don't lose hope in our mercy. We've forgiven you. That was Allah's plan. So when Allah says, Kulia ibadi aladina as rafu ala fusihim la taqnatu rahmatilla in Allah, he alfiro dunu bajami in a who al rahim, tell them, O oh my worshippers. Who have transgressed against themselves, never ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah. For indeed, for indeed, he will forgive all your sins. He is the most forgiving, the most merciful. That's what Allah says in the Quran. Tell them, never lose hope in my mercy. And guess what shaitan makes us do? He makes us lose hope in his mercy. So we're defying a verse of the Quran. We're defying the quality of Allah. We're denying the quality of Allah, which is the most merciful, the most loving, the most forgiving, the most kind, the most compassionate. And we're doubting it, in fact denying it. That's a trap of the devil. That's probably the biggest trap of the devil. If a person hasn't prayed all their lives, they haven't done the right things all their lives, and they are turning to Allah, trying their best, Allah's mercy is greater than anything else. Understand that. Don't ever allow yourself to feel useless and cheap when you know within your heart there is a flicker of belief in the mercy of Allah. Two more minutes for 45 minutes, my brother. That's your short nasiha. Don't ever, ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah. It's a bigger sin than the sin you committed. Because now you're distancing from Allah. And when you think that's it, you start becoming so despondent. And you turn further away until you become a worshiper of the devil. Because now you start thinking there's nothing for me. And you know what? The the difficulties you're going through. That's the last thing I will say inshallah. The difficulties that you're going through by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not depict the anger of Allah. Never. It doesn't mean that the difficulties you're going through depict the the anger of Allah. No, they don't. It has got to do with the condition of your heart. If you're content because you've recognized Allah, that's never a punishment. No matter what Moses, may peace be upon him, went through at the hands of the Pharaoh, he was very content. No matter what Jesus, may peace be upon him, went through at the hands of the Romans, he was very content. No matter what Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, went through at the hands of Quraysh, he was extremely content. Why is it that we go through a pin drop compared to what they have been and we're not content at all? Because we need to do a little bit more to recognize our maker. So these are some of the traps of the devil. He makes us lose hope. He makes us actually think that we're written off completely. He makes us think that there's no hope for us. And we should never ever fall in this particular trap. Or in the trap of the devil. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every one of us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us from his favor. Gather us in Jannatul Firdaus. And prior to that, allow us to enjoy the beautiful meal that's about to be served. Muhammad.